Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Hey, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. All you lovers. <laughs> We're all lovers. Looking for lovers. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Yep. You're good, baby. You look good today. Well, we're going to do something a little different today. I'm going to sit down, which is really weird for me to talk to people and sit down unless it's at my kitchen table. So we just really felt like we wanted today to be kind of a little bit of a conversation. And uh, we have a, a message prepared, but but we really wanted it to be a little bit more conversational today. And just kind of share with you guys uh, some things. Um, you know, marriage... <clears throat> Is, has been under attack in maybe, you know, in so many different ways, not just in the sense of that marriages are being destroyed uh, from the inside out, but actually the, the sanctity of marriage is, is, you know, been an agenda of, of the enemy uh, for a long time that basically trying to change what the definition of marriage is. And that, that term is very important, uh, you know, in our nation. We're, we're not really trying to get real political today, but the reality is, is the enemy hates marriage so much, so he's trying to attack the actual institution of it and belittle what God designed it to be. And so we're talking about love today, but probably talking a lot about marriage and um, definitely talking a lot about marriage today. But, uh, you know, Leslie and I are going to be celebrating 12 years and uh and just in a, in about 3 weeks and so you know that's always fun it's not letting my iPad's not really working um thank you for my flowers oh you're welcome I baby i haven't seen these yet no oh it's so pretty this actually really works pretty well for us uh to to have i don't know it's just pages. it's just weird so it's cuz i'm here electronics hate me that's why he handed me the paper i don't know yeah oh there we go okay well um and let me just say this, Leslie and I do not have it all figured out. Uh, we are def- definitely a work in process. We've, we've had some incredible, we've had some incredible battles. We've had some c- incredible wins. How many know that it's, it's not about how strong the battle, what really matters is how you come out at the end of it. And so we've, we've had some battles. We went through a very, very, very difficult season uh, in our life um, in, what, what year was that? 2012. No, t- I'm sorry. 2010. I'm really bad with numbers and dates and stuff, but uh, obviously, uh, man. Uh, so, um, but we just, you know, we've been through some stuff, and we still go through stuff, and we still have uh, seasons of difficulty. And, and marriage is work, man, and love is work. And people think, well, as, as soon as it becomes work, it's not love anymore. No, 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 no. You'll work for love, and how many know that you'll work for love all day long? But you know, there's certain things that you can't even pay me enough to do. But I'll do anything to this beautiful woman sitting right here because I am in love with her. And so love will fight, and you've got to fight for love also. So it's not just a place you fight from. It's also sometimes a place, a place that you fight for, and I think that's so important. But we, have, we, do have, we don't have a lot of scripture this morning. We just wanted to, you know, we didn't want to be real preachy, uh, but that'll probably come out because I'm Josh Brown. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to read a little bit of scripture here. Some of my students are like, well, you got really fired up when you're talking about design today. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, as so I get a little preachy uh, at times. But uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, I don't know normally read from the message, but uh, this is w- what it says in the message. And again, you can follow along with our app uh, today if you've downloaded that or just uh, with the notes or just listen real good or write down or whatever serves you best. But it says this, and if, I'm going to read part of it, and so is Leslie's going to read the other part. But it says, out of respect for Christ, be courteous 
courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does for the church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leaderships, leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving... Not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words invoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dazzling her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how her husband ought to love. This is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No. He feeds and pampers it. Men feed him. We feed and pamper. Guys don't really do so much pampering, but women do. So anyway, so he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And that's why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. So that's the perfect picture, right? Jesus and his church, a husband and his wife. And and so we've got to do a better job of representing that well. And, uh, you know, it... It, it shows you how valuable marriage is, how, how valuable love is, that, a, that God would compare his relationship with people to a marriage. Do you see how the, the enemy would love to undermine that because of what it represents? And so th- this would c- kind of make us understand why, why marriage is important and why the union of marriage is important, why the definition of marriage is important. Um, you know, talking about love, love is uh, a love that is not cultivated is a love that will die. And so, you know, we have this, I bought Leslie this little plant this morning. By the way, plants and roses and flowers go up in price on Valentine's Day. So it's just crazy. And so I was walking around the store today. That's why you usually buy them for me like a couple days before. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Or the day after because they're on clearance. Hey, 50%. That's what I'm saying. Um, You know me. Y'all know me. I bought this plant today, and if I don't cultivate this plant, now someone cultivated it to get it to this point, right? Someone planted a seed, some factory somewhere, or I don't know how they do all that. Actually, this is organic, so it was grown in somebody's garden. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. But anyway, they planted a seed, and then they cultivated it. They cultivated the ground. Come on, they worked the ground a little bit. They put water on it. They had to get proper lighting on it. All those things had to be cultivated in order for it to grow. Well, love is the exactly the same way. If we don't take good care of love, come on, once it's seeded, if we don't nurture it, if we don't work it, then what's going to happen is it's going to die. So a love that's not cultivated is a love that will die. And, you know, this all started with a seed. And love starts with a seed. Someone said, you know, we, we have a philosophy, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later, about falling into love. You don't fall into love, okay? You might fall into attraction, you might fall into fascination. You might be drawn to someone, but that isn't love. That's a feeling. That's an emotion. That's a seed. And that might, be the, that might be the seed of love. But if you nurture that, it will grow and become something that it's supposed to be or not supposed to be. Right. Come on. 
Um, I can tell you that you are going to find people, once you get married, if you're not married or if you are married, you will find other people that you find attractive. And there's not really any choice in that manner. Right? Certain things are going to be attractive to you, but that doesn't mean that you love that what you're attracted to. You have to nurture it. You have to cultivate it. There's, there's, you'll run into people that are fascinating, that are intriguing, that you go, hmm, that's interesting. But if you cultivate that, it will grow into love. Now, at some point, you want that to be someone, but if you're married to someone, you don't want that to be someone else, right? And so we want, we got to set up guardrails and we've got to protect. Listen, you've got to protect, protect love. You've got to really protect it. And we, if, you know, if the sun was real, it was 130 degrees outside, I wouldn't set this outside. That would be stupid. And just pray, well, you know, it's got good roots and we've watered it well. And if we just put it out there, no, 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 no. don't put it out there. That's stupid. So it'd be better for you to be a little bit fearful than, or wise than, than to put it out there and see how strong it is. Come on. That's foolishness is what that is. Um, so, um, so we respond to those things, you know, the attractions, the affections, all that kind of stuff. Um, when love is put there, but we have to nurture it to make it grow. And, um, so you want to talk a little bit about intentionality? So love is very intentional. Like he was just saying, you know, it can, for the rest of your life, there'll be people that you think are attractive, but that doesn't mean that you're going to act on that or, or that you're going to cultivate that. So it's very much intentional. Love is a choice. You have to decide each and every day. Are you okay there? Okay. Hold on your lip. You have to decide every day to love your spouse. No matter Sorry, what. baby. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, love, you have to choose. You know, so many times we forget that we have to choose love and, and we keep, we have to keep choosing love. You don't just choose love when you get married or you get engaged or you start dating. And then for the rest of your life, you expect it just to be there. You have to continue to choose love. And that's when, and that's when people say, well, I just fell out of love. I'm not in love with you anymore. Well, that's because you stopped choosing to love that that's person right. because right. it is very, very much a choice what, what you're working. And so you can't fall out of love. You, you can't fall into love. You can't just go to work tomorrow and be like, oh, I love my coworker. It just happened. I fell right. into love. Right. You know, it's cultivated. It, like Josh was saying, there might be attraction, but you have to cultivate it. So you don't fall into love. You don't fall out of love. It's a choice that you make and you have to continue to make each and every day and continue to choose. When Josh and I have had struggles in the past, we have to choose to love each other and some days it's easy and some days it's not easy but it's a choice that we make daily it's usually pretty easy for me but for (laughs) leslie it's 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 a choice i'm just kidding no 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 definitely definitely more intentional from her end because you're easy to love but uh, and i would say that that be easy to love right some you guys have met people that are hard to love (laughs) <laughs> right? Or like we, we think of that person. Well, oh, yeah, they are pretty hard to love. But I love them. But, but love is a choice. You have no to choose. How, that's right. You do have to choose. And, it, and, it, and love is always intentional. But sometimes it's a little bit more difficult. And we, we understand that, that love is a choice. Um, so how is love? How do, we, how do we cultivate love? And that's really what we wanted to talk about uh, today, uh, about cultivating love. How do we cultivate or how do we choose love? Because it is, it is hard sometimes, right? Um, and so the first thing, we really have three points today, and, um, and we're, we're just going to kind of talk about this, and it'll be fun. So uh, the first way that we, oh, but before we do anything else, we have something to give you. We love you guys so much. So we have hugs. We were going to get kisses, but for some of you, that could be a little weird. So who wants a hug? And we probably, we, we will be able to hug everyone today. All right. I'm going to throw this. 
One. Objects are flying in the room. Two. Oh, hugs. Yeah, if you don't get hugs, we can pass hugs around. We love giving hugs to everyone. Watch out. <laughs> hugs, hugs. We have hugs. We in the back. Hugs. I always forget the details. Hugs, okay, all right. Hugs, now we'll just pass it around. Hugs. Okay, so if you didn't get one, uh, Pastor Brooke will Wait, pass this bucket around, and you can make sure and get some, that many in there. some hugs. Here, oh, we have some more. Huh. It's almost empty now. We don't have any more. Here, Pastor Brooke. Alright, yeah. I was not. I was underhand throwing them. I thought about it though. That would be hard to love. We hope we didn't hit anybody. It's so weird sitting down and talking. If we hit anybody, we hope that you choose to love us still. Yes. So so just right now, I cultivated love, right? Because I like I, I demonstrated affection towards you. I gave you all hugs. And so that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about cultivating love. And so the first way you do that is, this, is the way that we just illustrated. You contribute. Contribution. That's the first thing you have to do. Um, and we contribute not by receiving. Right. Come on. Right? I mean, it is good to be a receiver. You've got to be a good receiver. But we contribute by giving. We, we contribute by investing, yeah. right? And so it's not so much what this plant can do for me, look pretty and be there. But it's really what can I do to make this grow? And I have to choose to contribute to that. You know, um, you want to talk about the kids and Christmas? Sure. So, you know, all of us have experienced Christmas at least as a child yet, maybe you, you're, maybe you're not a parent or maybe you're not a spouse and you don't understand the excitement that it is to give a gift to somebody else. But you know, the older I've got and Josh will ask me, what do you want this year for Christmas? And I've gotten to the point now where, you know, we have four kids and, and I'm just like, I don't really even have anything that I want. I'm just so excited to give to my kids, to see their faces when they get what they asked for and they didn't think we can afford. And so to sometimes when we're talking about giving is better than receiving, it's like, you just want to do it for, just to see their pleasure. And really, you don't even care if you get anything back. It's just, you're just expressing right. your pleasure and your love towards them. And that is more rewarding than receiving something yourself. And that's the way that you nurture love. And, right. and so sometimes, you know, with a baby, you know, we have babies at the house. And they can't really do anything for us other than make us feel a certain way, right? I mean, their life is totally dependent upon us. And it takes that nourishment. But eventually, they'll grow and they'll love us back. Come on. Eventually, they'll love us back. But we've got to invest in those uh, relationships. Um, you know, one of the lies uh, that our society tells us is that um, that's, this other person completes me. Right? This person makes me happy. So, and if you ask, you know, really worldly people or people that are just uneducated, you ask them, well, how do you know that you love that person? The general answer is because they make me feel a certain way or because they complete me. Do you see how self-centered that is? Not, but real love is defined this way. How do you know you love that person? Because I would give my life for them. That's why Jesus, a greater love is no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends or those that he loves. So love is defined not by what I can get but what I can give uh, to uh, that. And so there's a lie in our culture that says, well, I'm just not happy. And we see this all the time. We see this with people that have been in ministry for years, people that we know, that we love. Um, and this is always the excuse when marriages or relationships break up, well, they're just not making me happy. Happiness is an inside job, by the way. So you want to talk a minute? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, you know, 
sometimes we think that the goal of marriage is personal happiness. Like I'm going to get married so somebody else can fulfill this longing I have for the rest of my life. But really what the, what the point of marriage is, is the joint pursuit of fulfilling God's purpose together. And you know, that's why God says that two are better than one. Cause you can do more things and you can help each other when the other one falls. And, and so we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and think about how can I help this person fulfill God's purpose for them, for myself and our purpose together. That's right. And we see in Matthew uh, in 18, verse 19 and 20, it says, If two agree here on earth concerning anything that you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am among them. And, and you know, that's kind of, kind of the word there that we can use that could explain that is synergy. You know, when people come together to do a, a joint effort, then it produces fruit. It, you know, right. it, it produces. So the idea of, of synergy would be, um, I can lift a hundred pounds. Leslie can lift a hundred pounds, but together we might be able to lift 300 pounds. And but so we that, learned last night, I cannot curl a 25 pound barbell. That's right. Nor do tricep lifts with yeah. it. So we went to target yesterday, yeah. of course. Of course. Um, and we do these things called red rings. And so a red ring at target, um, is something that I can do in about five minutes. But if we have the kids, it takes like, 50. so the red ring at targets where you go and you walk around the end caps to see what's on clearance, see what they're giving away is what I like to say. Um, so I can save money by spending it. Yeah. That doesn't really work. So anyway, so we walk around the end caps and people are like, how'd you get that so cheap? It's because I'm like, I'm like a man. When I go into target, I'm looking for, yeah, I'm like a treasure man and, Yes, or something. Not really a pirate, because I'm not stealing things. I'm like an explorer of target things. Red okay, tags. but anyways, I'm sorry, yesterday, I, didn't mean to get off of that. I almost killed yes. myself. Mm-hmm. 25 pounds doesn't seem that much, and I pick up my daughter all the time, who's like 33 pounds. But when you try to do it with one hand, or you try to do it behind your head, yeah, I did not yeah. do it. I was all showing off my guns, trying to impress Leslie. And I was like, hey, boo. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Leslie tried. And, and I was I, like, I do that and yeah. I almost broke my arm. Yeah, but you did so good. And but Thanks. together, 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 we you lifted could do it. it. We lifted it together. We did. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, so the reason why God puts us together with someone for the rest of our lives is because, and I always say this when I do weddings, that God puts us together on purpose, like God's intentional with it, but he puts us together for a purpose. So the reason why, why, why you all be married if you're not married right now, or if you're married to that person, the reason why God put you together is not because you, you make each other happy or for the pursuit of personal happiness, but really for the pursuit of God's purposes. And so what happens, the reason why God puts you together is because you can do so much more for God. God can get more glory. Check this out. God can get more glory out of your relationship together than he can as you being two different individuals. Right? And so it's not about you and what you can get out of the relationships. It's about what you can do together for God. That doesn't mean necessarily that you're in full-time ministry. It just means we are all in full-time ministry, by the way. Um, But it means that that the things that God put you on the earth to do, because God put you on the earth to do, you'll be better at those things because of the person that God put you in there to compliment you and to to fulfill his purposes. So, um, and this is why, this is why the devil hates marriage so bad. Okay, we we see, man, the devil, he has been, um, we've known so many people just this last couple of years that have just gone through just turmoil in their marriage and their relationships. And, you know, for us, we're, our heart always breaks because we were almost there. And, um, and so God rescued us and there's just a, a, a deceptive spirit that kind of sneaks in and, and destroys people. But the devil, devil has an assignment. I would say that more than anything on the earth that he tries to do is he tries to destroy marriages. Yeah. 
I would say that that would be like, because he knows that society is built upon marriages. And so if he can destroy what marriage is or destroy marriages individually, then he can really do a lot of damage, if you will, to the kingdom of God. Come on. Well, and it messes up our perspective of how Jesus loves us. Yes. Because we can't, we don't see it how scripture says. Amen. Um, You know, our uh, pastor that we served under in El Paso um, gave the illustration when we were dealing with some of these things. He said, he said, you know, if you put Jesus in the center, if you put Jesus up here and you're over here and you're over here, you're totally different. But if you both are working towards Jesus, you're going to come together. And so a lot of times people are like, well, we need to pray together. This needs to be our priority. You've got to understand that two people in opposite directions, both moving towards Jesus, will naturally bring those people together. And so I always love that illustration. It was so good. And uh, agreement can always be found. You say, well, we just don't agree on things. And, And that's really what we're talking about right here, agreeing for the purpose of fulfilling God's purpose. Um, agreement can always be found by just putting our focus on the purpose and the presence of God. So one of the one of the things that we can do in our marriage that just strengthen our marriage is just be like, God, what does God want us to do? Not what does God do? Because once you become married to someone, the two have become one. So there's no longer individual destinies. Once you get married, you don't, God, you, God doesn't have a plan for your life. Once you get married, God has a plan for the marriage, right? This is why you have so many ministers' wives that are lonely that are, because the man's out there doing God's will for his life. Your destiny has now merged. So it's important to know what the person wants to do before you get married. And guess what? You both have to lay down your plans for the greater plan. If those things complement one another, great. If they don't, somebody's got to lay theirs down. That's right. So Both of them. That's right. That's right, yeah. So today we're going to talk about the love bank. Everybody say, I've got a love bank. I've got a love bank. And there, how many of y'all know how a bank account works? Hopefully most of you have a bank account. There's deposits. Wait, a bank account is like means that if I have a checkbook, I can just go write as many checks as I want, right? That's what I thought when I was a kid. I did. I told my mom, write a check. Yeah. Write a check. And she's like, there's no money to cover it. a credit card. I didn't get it. Yeah. But anyways, there's deposits and there are withdrawals. And so deposits are important and obviously withdrawals are negative, but each person has a love bank and your spouse can put in and out of your love bank. They can put deposits and withdrawals. And unfortunately you can receive from other people into your love tank, love bank. That's right. That's right. And that's when it gets dangerous. We have to make sure you're allowing who's putting deposits into your love bank. But you know, it's so important to put deposits into your spouse's Love bank, things like celebrating with each other, laughing, having fun, expressing love to them in the way that you know they like to receive love, whether that's words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, whatever that might be. Expressing love to them in the way they want it, all those good things, it gives them deposits and they feel full. And when they have a full love bank, they're not going to look for love anywhere else, right? right. And they're going to operate the best when they're, when they are operating in full and things that can make withdrawals or disappointments, frustrations, fighting, lying, the lack of deposits in itself is a withdrawal because right. there's, you're starting from negative or starting right. with nothing. And so it's so important. Oh, I'm so sorry. That was your part. That's okay. Okay. Um, so it's important Just to go ahead and like sorry. suck out of my love bank. Sorry. You're withdrawal. You're going to have to make some deposits went, later. That's all sorry, I'm saying. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sorry, babe. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you some quality hey, I, time. I, I, okay, yes. 
<laughs> All right. That's a physical touch. <laughs> okay. Back Study to the, the love notes. languages. Back to the notes. Sorry, baby. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to share something, though. Um, can we share about yesterday a little bit? Sure. Okay. So, Bartle do. Uh, so, yesterday, Leslie and I sat down. I, I am the difficult one in our relationship, as you can imagine. And so um, what happens is yesterday we sat down to go over the notes. We both kind of done our own thing and then we got together and immediately there was tension. And we know that that's the devil is at the, at the center of all things evil. However, we know that like we had to like really battle uh, through it and then we got through it and we're fine. Well, then we decided to go to Great Bond to buy some shoes for Uriah Cole. And, and anyway, that's a whole other story. So we're driving to Great Bond to the Mills Mall yesterday and we left the house and um, this event happened. <laughs> and it you can you, tell on me. Okay. So anyway, I have this like really prideful thing where I don't like to be told how to drive. And so it's like, I think that's every man. Let's be fair. Yes. Let's okay. be real. And so Leslie pushes the button almost every, well, a lot I, of, a lot of times. I push the button frequently. Frequently. Yes. And so Leslie pushes the button of, you know, telling me something how to drive and it just set me off. I was already kind of in a cranky mood. I don't know why it's like on my days off for some reason. For most people, that's when they're happiness, happiest when their day's off. Not for me. My day's off, I'm kind of like, I don't have any purpose today. You know, it's like I just, that's kind of the way I am. And so uh, unless my purpose is to go find something that's relaxing. And so it's just, anyway, it's terrible. Let's, let's see, poor thing. And so we're driving in the car, and I'm like, get out right. And we have this, like, discussion. We don't fight, by the way. We have an intense, intense fellowship. fellowship. Yeah. And so... So we're driving to Grapevine for like 35 minutes, and we're like having it out. Now, people say you're not supposed to fight in front of your kids. We understand that. But we also know that if you don't have some tension in front of your kids, then, they're, then whenever they get married and they have a fight, they're going to think something's incredibly wrong. And so we always explain to our kids after we have fought, listen, we're sorry. We lost our cool. Daddy treated mommy that way. We make sure that we deal with that. And we're not really talking about parenting today. But we did fight in front of the kids, since, which isn't good. It wasn't good that we were fighting and having this intense fellowship as we drove out uh, to Grapevine. And then finally, it was just like, boom, we're done. And so what did we do during that time? We really took a lot out of our love bank, right? And so for me, I get over things pretty quick. We both get over things pretty quick. But, you know, it was taking a while to simmer down. But eventually, everything was just fine. There were no apologies. There were apologies later. You did apologize. That's right. But it wasn't like the, it's like the apologize. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry too. And then, you know, so it's like later was the real apology. You know what I'm saying? There was like the, to appease the moment. And then later we had the conversation about it uh, after, you know, somebody in the relationship cooled down. Um, so <laughs> Leslie, just kidding. It was me. <laughs> it was me. It was me. I was the one. And so um, we're, we, afterwards, we're, we're tired. We're on this journey to find shoes for Uriah, and we did. And so we went to Target, and this is where the event happened that we were talking about earlier. And so I had to do things not to make up, okay? There's, we're, we're not doing it to make up, but we're doing to invest back in the love tank. And so I just was like, and I don't get like this a lot. Um, but Judah and I were kind of playing around Target, you know, with these, they had these like Nerf baseball bats. And so Judah and I were kind of, you know, playing around and things like that. And Leslie, one of her, I don't, it's not really a love language, but one of the things that she really likes is fun. Okay. She's like fun, fun, whatever's fun, whatever's fun. And, uh, and for me, I'm, I'm like that a little bit, but not as much as she is. And so I know that one of the ways that I can deposit into her love tank is to have fun. It's just to be fun and be silly and make her laugh and be goofy. Like, she loves that. And, um, and so what I did 
is I get, you know, I'm playing, Judah and I are playing with these little things just kind of casually, and then I see this, like, mask that they had, like, this, like, paintball mask. So I put it on, and I, like, and I'm in, in Target. We went down people, on an aisle where right, we could I made see. sure nobody was around. <laughs> and so I put this mask on, and I jump out, and I'm like, I have the two baseball bats. You know, they're like this long, but they're like the foam, like Nerf yeah. bats. And he's like Freddy walking towards us. And then Elisa's like, oh, and Leslie's <laughs> laughing. But doing that, even though that was something uncomfortable for me to do, because someone might see me, I was really investing in the love in the love tank, right? In the love bank. And so by me being silly, Leslie loves that kind of stuff. And so it's important for me to, to not just do the things that I'm comfortable with or that I'm natural with. That's good. Things Come on, like say that. that. But I have to do things that are her love language. Right? Come on. Are you with me? Because it's easy to say, because I'm a gift giver. That's one of the ways I show love. And so when we were going through this difficulty in our marriage, what I did is I would go and buy her stuff like every day. And it was annoying. It actually becomes something that annoyed her and caused more tension because I was trying to communicate love on my terms. Not on her terms. And so like last night, I know, uh, you know, I know what makes her tick. Come on, I know my woman. So I just had to put the goof on and get out there and just be, it's, you know, or dance around the house or put some music on and dance really bad and, and uh, do it all those things. And it things. worked. It does work. Yeah. And so she's still married to me this morning. Um, <laughs> so, all right. Um, I talked a lot up there. Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, just, just again to express, just be careful who you're, who you're allowing to deposit into yes, your love bank. That is so important. So, so important. don't, don't look for, if your love language is affirmation, don't look for affirmation. Like if that's my love language, which it is one of mine. I don't go to other women to affirm me. I don't need affirm, a- affirmation for other women. I don't need admiration from other women. I need it from this woman right here because I want to protect and cultivate that love. So uh, the contribution is so important. And again, contributing the things that, that she wants, okay? Like gifts, lots of gifts. No, just kidding. Sometimes. Gifts Sometimes are gifts are nice, but it's not her primary thing. So I've got to do the things. I've got to turn on the, the joke man or whatever you call that guy. Which is fun. I have a lot of fun doing that stuff too. Okay. Uh, the second thing is communication. So talking about agreement, talking about that power, uh, the power of agreement is uh, Amos three three. It says this: Can two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? So if we're you know going in this direction, we've got to come into agreement, and that takes communication. Um, and you can't over communicate, right? I know us guys. Sometimes we only have like what fifty words a day. What what is it? Yeah. I- I think it's like 3,000 and a woman has like 15,000 yeah. or something like and that. And so I know sometimes that you've ran out of words, guys, right? And you go home and, you know, Leslie, she wakes up ready to talk. Not me. Like, I'm not a morning person, so I have to wake up at like 6 in the morning just so I can talk. And uh, so I can by wake eight up o'clock. by 8. So yeah. I need that, you know, I'm not a morning person, so I get up early so I'm ready to talk to people. And Leslie wakes up, she's like, hello, let's have a chat. Let's discuss our, our dreams. What did yeah, you dream yeah, about? Yeah. No, I'm like, huh, no, no, no. you know, I haven't had like four cups of coffee yet. And uh, so. It's like, I missed you when you were sleeping. Let's talk some yeah, more. Yeah, let's talk some more. I'm like, we just talked like two weeks ago. We had a, like a long conversation, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, uh, but it is important for those of us that aren't really naturally like full of words. It's important for us to understand that we can't over communicate. You, you Reminders. C- yeah. Yeah. Like, I knew that you had a meeting tonight, but tomorrow you're, I mean, 
you told me you had a meeting two weeks ago, but then you're going to tell me today. Yes. Remember my meetings today. Right. Yeah. And I'm really bad about that. Babe, I told you like two weeks ago when I set the meeting up, right? Yeah. And so it's important just to communicate because um, lack of communication, there's basically this thing called the expectation gap. Have you guys ever heard of the expectation gap? So the expectation gap is, yeah. And so the expectation gap in communication is I, I well, it's not really in communication, it's just in general. This is my expectation, okay? And this is where the expectation is met, down here, right? I expect you to talk to me. Okay, yeah, a little higher. So anyway, this space in here, go ahead, Devanna. Uh, <laughs> this space in there is called the, called the expectation gap, the gap between my expectations and reality. So one of two things are going to fill up that space. Frustration, normally, or communication. So if things are communicated, then normally we can kind of meet somewhere in the middle. Are you guys with me? Close up that gap that could potentially be frustrating and take withdrawals from my love bank. And it's important to, you know, this is what exactly what happened yesterday with Josh and I when we were having intense fellowship, uh, is that, you know, we, we never, we will never, ever, ever, ever know the intention of our spouse when they say something. We can't just say, well, you said this, so it means this. No, we will never, ever know your spouses, your boss, your child, anything. You will never know the intention, what they were thinking, because we automatically go to the negative. We automatically go on the defense and we want to defend ourselves and we want to say things like that. But it's so important to know that when we're communicating, we're not saying you said this, what we're saying is, or you said this and this is what you meant, but we're saying that this is how I felt when you said what you said. So it's important to, to communicate. This is how I feel in this situation versus this is how you are, or this is what you did, you know, and, and judging their character or judging, judging their intentions. And so it's so important to when, when we're communicating to express our side of it and not project onto the other person yes. what we think they right. meant. And so about feelings, because what she's emphasizing here is the way that I feel versus the way that you are, right? There's a difference, right? Because you don't know the intention of that, that person's heart. Only sometimes we don't even know our own intentions, only the Lord, um, with feelings a lot of times, and this kind of goes back to the, like, I'm not happy thing is there is this thing like we like to call the novelty of love, Right. The feeling of love, right? That we, well, it's, how do you know you love that person? Well, because I feel this certain Because I got butterflies. Right, because I got the butterflies and all those kind of things. So that's kind of like the novelty of love. The feeling, the emotion, the exhilaration of the heart. All those things are great. They're very important. We'll, we'll say that. But they're not the meat of the relationship. They're more like the salt and pepper, the seasoning of the relationship. They're not the meat. There's not a lot of substance there. And, it, and if you don't deal with the meat then and all you have is seasoning, you're not going to have any nutrition. Are you guys with me? And so it's really important that you don't just nurture the novelty of love because that can come and go all day, right? The spice can go away, but it's important that you really focus on the meat and just believe God and, and trust the Lord and do things to bring out the novelty of love. But anyway, feelings are important. Uh, yes, feelings are important and they're valuable because they're an indicator of the attention that you need or or something needing more attention. Um, but it's not, a dis- it's, you can't allow that to be what makes, what you make your decisions out of. So, so it, it is important to know how your spouse feels um, so that they're not operating out of the negative, but we cannot say that our feelings are accurate a hundred percent of the time because right. we don't know the well, intention. And what of the Leslie and I said yesterday is feelings are an indicator of attention needed, not a decision rendered. 
And so I don't make a decision based upon how I'm feeling. Right. right? We watch sports, football, UFC, stuff like that. And when there's retirement talks, they always ask them, are you going to, is this your last fight? And then they, they say, they say, well, I don't want to make a decision based upon a win or a loss. Right. I want to go home and I want to think about it. Why? Because just because you feel a certain way in the moment doesn't mean you're going to make a good decision. In fact, I can say that you, when you, when you make decisions based upon your feeling, you usually make the wrong decision. That's right. So decisions, feelings are a good indicator that something might be messed up, that we need to work on some things. So I feel like I love you. There might be a good indicator there. So, Hey, let's deposit some things. Let's work on some things, but I don't want to make a decision based upon the way I feel. Right. Right. Yes. In marriage and anything, in relationships in yep. general. And one thing we've learned, especially it's important when we're when we're having a disagreement, is you know it, it's important to stop. You know, to, when you realize that your conversation is going nowhere and you're just getting more and more frustrated with the other person, and and you know we just we call a timeout and we try to use it the right way. I know that that sounds kind of funny, um, but you know back when we were going through our 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 struggles and we we went to some counseling which counseling is awesome i think everybody should at least go to one counseling session whether you think your marriage needs it or not because i promise it can always get better yeah um but anyways you know when you get to the point where you're just starting to say really mean things that you don't even really mean um it's just important to just call a time out walk away gather yourself don't Mm -hmm. say anything out of anger because you know you'll regret it later and and you know it's it's so funny that the word timeout we automatically associate that with like a child like go to timeout or you're in timeout because you're, you're bad or you did something wrong, but really we can just learn so much about this from the communication and the thoughts of a child. You know, I was watching this thing, uh, on Facebook the other day, it was like a Buzzfeed video or something, but it was called mom versus chef. And it was like a, a just a mom, a home cook mom versus a chef. And there was two little kids right next to the host guy. And they were all talking, which one did you like? Oh, I like this one. Cause it was delicious. And this kid, he's like six years old. He was just saying, well, my favorite was the broccoli because it's like trees and blah, blah, And he just looks at the guy and he goes, and you have hairs coming out of your nose. And he didn't even skip a beat. He didn't think that that was inappropriate to say. He just said what was on his mind, you know. And so it's so important to see that children over-communicate because right. they don't have a filter yet. But we can learn from that because we can see that it's okay to over-communicate. It's okay to say those things when you have had your collected thoughts and, and when you communicate, it can be valuable, but we, we have to know when to do that. That's a struggle because one of the things, one of my pet pet peeves is repeating myself. I hate to repeat myself, but if I'm going to be a good communicator, I've got to repeat myself. And that's frustrating for me, but it helps our relationship and it helps her. So it's important just to have time where you're sitting and talking. Um, you know, intimacy just isn't intimacy. Intimacy Mm -hmm. is just having a, uh, what close, do you mean by a, that? I'm just saying intimacy. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> intimacy can also just be, you know, spending time together right. that you don't spend with other people That's in right. more than one way. So sitting and talking sometimes is just as intimate and just as needed Absolutely. on the wife's side sometimes yeah. uh, just to actually sit down and talk mm-hmm. and not yeah. have a, a technological conversation. Right. So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I do. Um, I do want to talk about that. Um, Texting is probably not the best form of communication between a husband and wife, or for the for the main for the main. It can happen. So it's it's a great like affirming things. Hey, just want to remind you, or just letting you know I'm heading here. That type of stuff. It's great for that. But really, uh, texting is kind of like the cheapest form of communication, right? It's easy. It's simple. It's basic. It's right there. Boom. You know. And and so um, text is okay. It's better than nothing. But what's better than text? It would be like greater than that. Would be like handwritten. 
things like, like leaving notes note. like like i love you on a text is great that might feel good like during a, a but think about a love note You'd like or like on the mirror josh yeah. wrote you are loved on my side of the mirror mm -hmm. and we, i left it there until it barely was visible yeah. and so we yeah that was handwritten mm, yeah. it was good so what's up investing in that love tank like old drunk. Okay. Uh, so uh, another thing is like a phone call. Like how much stronger is a phone call? You know, Nathan, uh, Nathan's a lover. I, I love Nathan. And, uh, and he doesn't like texting either. And I don't, I'm not really a big fan of texting for communication purposes. More like, hey, I'm going to be there in five minutes. That's great. But as far as like having a conversation, it's so irritating to you know, like have that on text because it's not a good f form of communication. I'll tell you why in just a second. Um, so Nathan, like I'll text him because it's convenient and he'll call me. And I'm like, well, the bro, the reason why I text you is because I'm not a place I can talk, you know, because he wants to talk. You know, he's like, hey, you got a minute? You're like, I'm like, hey, Papa. Hey, Papa. Yeah, he calls me. And so we, we have these great phone conversations. But he understands that it is it is better. It might be easier sometimes to send a text, but it's not as thorough as communication because the tone of voice, the things that you're hearing on the other end. But really the best thing is is face-to-face. -face. And some of the best uh, <clears throat> issues that we've solved in our marriage is where we go and we sit down. And the kids aren't in the room. There's not a TV on. There's not a phone. There's, no, there's nothing in front of us. It's just her and I. And I know that's difficult, especially in 2016. And we just sit there and we talk. Well, this is the way I felt. Maybe touch one another whenever we're talking. You know, like me, I do my hand hug thing. Everybody makes fun of me. And so it's just good for us to, like, talk and, and touch one another when we talk. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> so anyway, so face-to-face, uh, -face, again, you know, some people even say, like, when you talk to someone, don't have your hands clenched. Like, actually have your hands open because it's going to change the way that you talk. Right. Well, and it's important, especially even arguments or whatever over text is so pointless. Yes. Because you don't oh, understand gosh. the person's tone. You read it how you think they're saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we've done that before where I'm like, you say something like, okay. No. And I'm like, okay. No. Okay. What does that mean? Okay. Yeah. And you're well, like, you don't know their okay. tone. Yeah. You, you don't, don't know their tone. Or they just put K on there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Took some effort. Is that all you got? Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just one little, okay? Yeah, or a little emoji thumb up. Like, mm -hmm. can I get some affirmation here? Like, I, I want a little bit more than your emoji thumb up. But that's why it's important. Like, no major decision. Yeah. No argument should be done electronically. It's just not very meaningful. Yeah. Right. It doesn't, um, it's not intimacy. Well, and the reason is, check us out, 55% of communication is body language. Most. Most communication is body language. Uh, 38% is tone of voice, and 7% is the actual words spoken. So when you communicate by text or uh, Facebook Messenger or email or something like that, you're only communicating. Even handwritten. Cause yes, it's still, even handwritten, it's still you're only communicating 7%. Not good communication. Great if that's the only thing that you have. Awesome. Yes. And so, and then we're like, well, I didn't like the tone of your text message. And we're like, didn't know I could communicate. To, I mean, we have emojis. That can really help. And, it was uh, all in caps yes. lock. Oh, sorry. It was an accident, right? <laughs> I'm yelling at you with capital letters. Sorry for the caps, right? <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, what an age we live in. Uh, and th the third thing that we wanted to share with for just a few moments, and then we'll be done, is basically the rhythm of love and respect. Um, you know, everything has a rhythm. Right, music has a rhythm. You know when the rhythm's off. You might not know why, but you know that the rhythm's off. Um, you know, I, I teach graphic design. Most of y'all know that. Uh, I'm a graphic designer, and design has rhythm. Everything has a rhythm. Traffic has a rhythm to it. When the rhythm's off, you're out of traffic, right? So everything in life has a rhythm, and love has a rhythm. You want to talk about that, babe? Sure. It 
you know, we can call this the love, the rhythm of love and respect, the love and respect cycle. You can kind of come up with a, a, a word that matches you the best. We were like spending a while trying to think of the right word. Yeah, we wanted to ha- convey it the right way. But yeah. when a wife feels loved, she expresses respect or honor towards her husband. And when a husband feels respected or honored, he expresses love to his wife. And it's just this natural style that cycle that will continue to work. However, on the same, if a, if a wife does not feel loved from her husband, she will not honor and respect him. And when a man does not feel honored or respected, he doesn't show love. So it's so important to just start the cycle. Right. Whoever needs like to a, start it. And it's kind of like a currency. Right. Like, so, I, so if she doesn't feel loved, then she wants to be disrespectful to me. Right. Exactly. Right. And so what happens is those things can get really out of context and really messed up. But really... Um, Anyway, talk, talk a little bit about that. So, about you know, we, we, we hear the word submission or submit or, or whatever. And really in this day and age, and especially in America, it just has such a bad connotation with it. And we think, I'm not going to submit to anybody or I'm a grown adult. I'm independent. Yeah, I don't need to yeah. submit to anybody. I don't need no man to come yeah. help me, you know. But that's just, that's not the way that God meant it when he said submit. You know, it's, it's, it's like a yielding. It's, it's respect. It's, it's honoring. It's allowing your husband to have the covering and the leadership of the home the way that God designed it. So it's not saying that women are not as, as valuable or, or uh, less, I can't think of the word, not superior. No, the opposite of superior. Inferior. Inferior, Thank you. Um, You know, but it's just saying that you're allowing this cycle that God set into motion Mm -hmm. to work. And, and it's so important to understand your role, especially again in 2016 in America, we have both parents working or sometimes we have just the wife working. I know, I know a family that the wife is a nurse and the husband stays at home with the kids and that's okay. That's not breaking the cycle, but it still is God's very much intention that he would be the head of the house as right. when it comes to being the covering and the protection over her. And, and we can get into a lot of trouble when we assume that if we have a spouse that's not a Christian and, and as a wife, that we would assume the head of the house role in the spiritual way because right. we're saying that, well, yeah. my spouse is not a Christian, so mm-hmm. I'm the head of the house. No, you're not. You're actually not the head of the house. Right. God didn't intend for you to become the head because you were the spiritual one. Um, God set it into motion, and that's what he means. Well, I've and had so, young people before when I was youth pastoring that say, well, I'm the head of the house because I'm the only one that's saved. I'm like, sorry, you're not. Yeah. God hasn't given you that authority, no. whether you're spiritual or not. Right. Like God has set it up in this order. And if the spiritual things are in alignment, then it's better. Right. But just because, you know, you've been saved longer, uh, you know, there's people in this room that are, that have been saved longer than I am, but that doesn't make them the pastor of the church, right? right? God has placed God me. Set you there, right? God, and we, God has that order in yeah, place. And, and we, we see that even in, in first Peter and chapter, the end of chapter two and the beginning of chapter three. And it talks about that when a wife would submit and honor her unsaved or unchristian husband that she can actually win him over by being submissive, not by trying to take his or role. not by being like super spiritual. Right. Exactly. Right. So, you know, it's important to, to know your role and shut your mouth. Yeah. Rock said, that's what I Sorry. said. That doesn't mean husbands can go submit or get hit. Right. Like, no. That doesn't mean that. No, uh, it doesn't mean that at any time. Listen, that's not love. No. Uh-uh. And so if that's not love, then, and then that's even a, if, even if she did the physical act of submitting, then she's not doing it with her right. heart. It's manipulating your it's authority. Manipulation. That's yeah. right. So you talk about the husbands. Uh, so husbands, you know, and you know, everybody wants to talk about that. Like, well, that's just not a good model. Well, first of all, we didn't write the model. It's God's model and right. it's God's plan. And marriages that function like that are usually healthier. 
let me just say always healthier, um, at least in the, the, the sight of God, regardless of what your flesh tells you, it's just really the way God designed it. But husbands, here's the deal. Like we think, oh yeah, I'm going to make this woman. First of all, if you have that attitude, you're not loving them like Christ loves them. And, uh, you know, so really, um, we, we kind of look at it, well, that's degrading to women and, and women are, are, are weak or something like that. It's like, actually like the hard job is on the husband because he has to be like Christ in the relationship. He has to lay down his life. And uh, it's, it, it's our job as husbands to make sure that our wife feel safe, feel secure, feel provided for, feel loved. We're responsible. We're the gate. Men, we are the gate of our home. Whether you have children or not, you're the gateway. So when things get messed up in the house, it's not your wife's fault. It's your fault. Come on. And so I'm, I'm the door to my house. If anything comes into my house, I, I, I have to decide if it's allowed there or not. And Leslie can, can help me with that, but really it's my role. I've got to know my role. So um, it, it's heavy. Headship is not for domination or manipulation, but it's actually for provision. So God has provided you men to be that man there, to be that example, to be the one that represents Jesus to his family. The priest of the home is kind of the old word that we used to use. So, you know, that is a heavy responsibility. So we don't use that to manipulate. We don't use that to dominate. We use that actually to serve. Because isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that his heart? Is that he would serve people, that he would love people tenderly and compassionately. So um, it got quiet in here. Is everybody checked out? Okay. Um, let, me, uh, let me say this, and this is an analogy that the Lord gave me, I feel like, years ago, was that in the home... That, that God created, not just in the home, in general, men want to be kings, okay? That's like our, we want, we want to have that. We want to have the power. We want to have the possessions. We want to have those things, right? And so, but we've got we've to rule like Jesus does in the kingship thing. But women really want to be treated like princesses, right? They don't necessarily, most women don't want to be queen, right? They want to be a princess. They want to be cherished. They want to be loved, they want to be lavished on. They want to, be, they want to feel all the things that, that we've talked about this morning. And husbands want to be tr- treated like kings. So in your relationship, think of that like he, he's the king. Like you're the king. Nothing, listen, nothing will make your man better than you believing in him. Because what happens is a lot of times women will say, well, if my husband just loved me more and they're critical of their husbands, that's one of the things that we've seen in society is in commercials and all this kind of stuff They make husbands look stupid. Or wives griping about their husband. Nothing will emasculate your husband like that. You want him to have the power and you want him to love you well, then honor him. Yeah. He'll want to love you. Go right. Ahead. And yes. it's important. It's important. You know, if you're, if you're here this morning and you're in a hard part of your marriage, it's just important to know that somebody has to start the cycle. That's right. And so maybe you don't feel like right now you want to show honor and respect, or they're not even worthy of, in your opinion, of honor and respect, or the husband thinks that his wife is not feeling lovable. Somebody yeah. has to start it. That's right. And as soon as they start it, it'll kick right, in right, and right. it'll, it'll Eventually flow. It will. Yeah. But you know, somebody has to be willing to say, I'm going to choose to do this yes. and make it. And make I, it. I would also, also say this, cause I know we, we haven't really talked about a singleness a lot, but you know, singleness is a gift. We believe that. Um, but we also know that it's very difficult, right? Singleness is hard. Um, but I would say this with, with, to the young women, I would say, do not pursue men because if you pursue a man that needs to be pursued, 
he won't be the king that you need him to be. Are you with me? He won't be the strong man that you need to provide for his family, to love his family well. He's probably a weak man that sits around and plays video games all the time who doesn't do anything for his family. Are you with me? Um, not that there's anything wrong with playing video games a lot, but all the time there is a problem. Um, but they, you, you don't want a man like that. You don't want a man that doesn't have a job, that is not responsible. You when, want a man, not yeah. a boy. And Scripture says... That he who finds a wife. He who finds a wife. Finds so a the man thing. is the one looking if he so can guys, find her. So guys, you need to her. be looking. But in that time, you know, people come to us, young people sometimes, and we're, they're like, well, we want to get married. I'm like, so I ask the man, what are you going to do to provide for your wife? Well, we're both going to have jobs and things. Well, that'll work for a little bit. Well, what about when you have kids? You know, Leslie and I, we made a decision, and you can call it old school, but I can tell you what, old school works a lot better than new school, and so we'll be old school. That's okay with us. We decided a long time ago that Leslie wouldn't have to work, and we would pay the sacrifices with going out to eat and having really nice things by living by one income. And we did it, we've, we've done under, you know, 30, under 40000 a year for over a decade off one income. And we've made the sacrifices to make that happen because Leslie wants to be a mom. Now, I'm not saying that that needs to be every family because there are women that will go out and work. And praise God for that if that's what they feel like that they want to do. But it doesn't need to be a, a, a sense of, of leverage. Like, well, I make more money than you. Well, that's a problem. You know, even men sometimes. Sometimes I can, you know, bully that around. Well, I, I'm bringing the money. So you're going to, you know, that works with your kids, but not with your spouse. Okay. <laughs> so I'll tell you, you're breathing my air. <laughs> you know, I'll tell them. <laughs> anyway, I know that that's not very nice and loving. <laughs> but let, let's just close the saying this, that love is worth fighting for. Um, love is not 50-50. You know, that's compromise. Um, love is all in. It's totally, complete dying of yourself. Um, it's 100-100. You know, divorce is 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. Um, it's not both of us giving a little. It's let's give everything. Let's give everything for the betterment of my spouse. Um, you're committed in a marriage, in a relationship, you're committed to the well-being of your spouse, not yourself. Guys, most of that weight falls on us because we're supposed to be like Jesus. And how did Jesus show love? Laid down his life. And so before so you get all like, well, she's not submitted. Well, how did Jesus? Just love her. Yeah. She'll yeah. submit. Just love her. Mm-hmm. Love her well. Love her good. Yep. That's good. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you all this morning. And like Josh was saying, you know, you might find yourself, well, this isn't applicable to me because I'm not married yet. Or this isn't applicable applicable to me because I already went through a divorce, Mm -hmm. but you know, we can learn from God and we can let other things teach us and we can apply it to our lives in any situation that we find ourselves. And we see here in Romans 12 and verse 10 that it says to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I think that is such a good scripture for the love cycle that we were talking about is, you know, when you have genuine affection and you take delight in honoring, then the when you're loving with genuine affection, then you take delight in honoring. And, you know, it's just, it's just such a pleasure to get to do that. And, mm-hmm. and, w- and our heart this morning was not no, no, to no, condemn no. anybody oh, for absolutely. the situation no, that no, you no. find yourself in. But we just want to say, hey, we've been to the yeah. trench and we are back and yeah. we know that it can happen. And if you're single and you were, you're ready to be married and, and you're feeling hopeless that, you know, that God has something for you. And, and we want to be able to bless people and let yes, people absolutely. learn from our mistakes and, and, and glean from, from our, our triumphs and our successes. 